What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to TTB Ravens Media, bringing you Ravens content every single day. If you want to see the daily Ravens content, make sure to hit the subscribe button down below and hit the notification bell as well if you want to get notified every single time I upload a brand new video. Now, in this video today, I am going to be analyzing some of the parts from the Eric DaCosta press conference that happened yesterday. Now, I do apologize. I was not able to make a video yesterday because I was actually um, out of town. I was out of town all day. I actually went to a celebrity golf tournament. It was a ton of fun. Um, if you guys follow me on Twitter, you probably saw some pictures. If you don't, totally chilling. You don't you don't need to follow the Twitter or anything. But I recommend you follow the TikTok. Um, you know, trying to hit 1,500 followers on there as soon as possible. But that's it for the introductions. Let's get into it. Let's talk about some of the Eric DaCosta things. And I will probably make multiple videos on this. Tomorrow's video will probably be about something else. Uh, related to the Eric Costa press conference is probably talking a little bit about the wide receiver comments that he made during it. But the first thing I think we should address is Marcus Peters because Marcus Peters was, I felt like it was, it was a bit of a question mark. Now the likelihood was that Marcus Peters was going to be back. However, Marcus Peters, the Ravens could have saved $10 million if they did not bring back Marcus Peters this year. Now they would have about $5 million in dead cap, but they could have saved about $10 million in cap space. And honestly, I was I was one of the people that thought, hey, there could be a strategy that involved Marcus Peters getting, you know, no longer being with the Ravens, and then the Ravens going out and, you know, drafting a corner in the first round and then and then doing some moves, you know, to get some some cheaper guys at, at that position that, you know, kind of tied it all over um, until the Ravens. Uh, you know, are able to get more guys next year. But, you know, overall, Eric DaCosta comes out in the press conferences and he's like, no, we, we expect Marcus Peters to be back next year. And he's a Raven. And I think that the he's a Raven comment, I think goes farther than just this next year. I think that is something that is trying to get Marcus Peters to not just be in Baltimore next year because he's he's going to be, you know, he's under contract and things like that, but it's trying to get him to resign. And it's trying to get him to stay in Baltimore, not just next year, but for the rest of his career. And I think that that's really huge because if you're looking at the way that the Baltimore Ravens are constructing this team, there's a lot of changes that are going to be happening in the next couple of years because obviously the Baltimore Ravens brought in Mike McDonald, new defensive coordinator. He is going to want to build up a defense that follows his scheme, that follows his philosophy. So if the Ravens are trying to keep Marcus Peters here, that heavily influences not just free agency, that influences the draft. You know, I, I'm, I'm one of the people. I, I really want the Ravens to go out and draft a cornerback. I really want them to. I want, I thought they should have drafted one last year. You know, and they, they kind of did drafting Brandon Stevens, so I guess it kind of works, but they, they transitioned him to safety. But when you're looking at the draft and you have made comments such as, you know, he's going to be back, uh, or, you know, he's a Raven, we expect him to be back, those types of things, that is showing like, hey, they're not really looking for a cornerback. Now, if a guy falls to them, Ravens are a best player available type of team. They could probably take him. But, you know, in, in some comments that that are were about the draft, Eric DaCosta said that he could probably name like three or four guys that could very well be in that position. You know, th that shows that they have their eyes on some guys. Now, I can't speak as to who that is. Could it be Tyler Lindenbaum? Could it be, you know, Sauce Gardner? 
Could it be David Ojabo? Could be a lot of guys. Okay. I, I, I can't say, oh, it's this guy that they're trying to get. No, they, there hasn't been enough comments to know. But that they have some guys that they're really looking at. And if a couple of those guys are available, you know, let's let's just say it's Ojabo and, um, you know, Sauce Gardner. Let's say th- those are the two guys. The Baltimore Ravens could be looking at it like, hey, who do we have at those positions? You know, we see them as equal talents. We see them as equal players. Who do we have at those positions? And they say, oh, well, we got cornerback. We expect to re-sign Marcus Peters. He's going to be back this year. We got Marlon Humphrey. We're kind of set on the outside cornerbacks. Now Marlon can play in the slot and things like that, but we're kind of set. Now let's look at the edge rusher position. Ooh, we got Dalen Hayes, fifth round pick. And we've got first round pick Adafi Owe. But like, we just lost a lot of guys on that defensive line. A lot of guys in that front seven. Maybe they go with him. Now, again, I'm not trying to speak as to the the draft and exactly what the Baltimore Ravens are going to do. But I think this comments influence potentially how they, they will be going about things in this offseason. If they feel set at the cornerback position, they're less likely to get some cornerbacks. I think that's uh, that's something that we can deduce from the press conference. However, as always, with Eric DaCosta, this could be a complete ruse, right? This could mean the Ravens are trading up and they're drafting, you know, Stingley or something like that. Now, I'm not saying that will happen. I'm just, I'm just saying that Eric DaCosta has made a history of throwing people off the scent. Right. You know, last year, what did he say? Oh, I took offense that people said we needed new receivers. Then he goes out and he drafts Rashad Bateman. He goes out and he, he signed Sammy Watkins and he drafts Tylen Wallace. And it was like, oh, it was kind of kind of getting everybody to think he wasn't going there. And then that's exactly where he went. So potentially, you know, the Ravens could be looking at cornerback and things like that. I'm not ruling it out. But I think philosophically. You know, based on, you know, a lot of the comments made throughout, you know, not just Eric DaCosta's press conference, but throughout the week, you know, it's been something where like turnovers are something that the Baltimore Ravens want. And that's something they felt they lacked last year. And that is something that Marcus Peters brings. And Marcus Peters, you know, being back next year and them saying he's a Raven, I think shows that they are committed to having guys that can make big plays because that is Marcus Peters, right? Marcus Peters may give up some plays. But I'll also make a lot of plays, right? You know, Tennessee Titans playoff game, you know, Seattle Seahawks game. You know, he he's made a lot of plays in his career and a lot of plays just with the Baltimore Ravens in his career. He's made a career out of making big plays. That is what he is known for. That's what he was known for in college. And that's why he was drafted uh, by the Kansas City Chiefs to make plays. So philosophically, I think that we can get a little bit of things, you know, from this press conference, just, just based on the Marcus Peters ideology. Like, hey, we, we need to get back to getting those turnovers. Eric DaCosta wants a big play team. He wants a flashy team, right? You know, you, you want to look at flashy players. This, this is no longer the Baltimore Ravens teams of old, right? This isn't Joe Flacco. And and, and I apologize, but I'm going to say Anquan Bolden's not a flashy player. He's a great player, not a flashy player. You know, Dennis Pitta, not flashy. Um, you know, running backs, you know, Ray Rice, you, you could say he's a little bit flashy, um, but all running backs are flashy, right? You're not going to get a boring running back. Um, defensively, Ray Lewis, great player, not like uber flashy by any means. He can make some big hits, but, um, you know, just, a, just a great player, you know, the Haloti Nada and, and Terrell Suggs, like all these guys, it's like, they're just fundamentally amazing football players. And now you look at the Ravens, the way that they're constructing this team. This is a flashy 
team, right? You got Lamar Jackson, obviously. Maybe the flashiest player in the NFL, maybe the most entertaining player in the NFL, obviously one of the best players in the NFL. Then you look at the wide receiver position, Hollywood. Hollywood's flashy. Hollywood's a big play guy. That is what he does. Mark Andrews. Mark Andrews is flashy, especially for a tight end. I mean, he goes out there, he tries to hurdle people. He goes out there and he, he's making big catches. Like he, he's doing a lot of things. Mark Andrews, I believe, is flashy. Running backs, they're all flashy, but JK, he's extra flashy. Rashad Bateman, you know, he, he he may not be the flashiest of players, but he can definitely make some plays. Devin Duvernay, very flashy. Then you look at the defensive side of things. Adafi Owe, flashy, right? He's a big play guy. You know, every single down, he's not going to make a move. But maybe once a game, you'll see him come off the edge, scream, drive the quarterback into the ground. He'll punch the ball out. He'll chase someone down and, and, and rip the ball out or something like that. He does that because that's what he does. He's a playmaker. And playmakers on defense are flashy guys. Then obviously you have Marlon Humphrey. Marlon Humphrey is fundamental in the way he plays cornerback. However, when he's tackling, he's a flashy tackler, right? He's going for the strips. He, he's the, the Charles Tillman peanut punch, the fruit punch, you know, as it's kind of been renamed. And then obviously Marcus Peterson, obviously, Mr. Interceptions. Patrick Queen, he's shooting gaps like crazy. Like this is a team that the Ravens are shifting their philosophy from the, the teams of old. And that's not a bad thing, I don't think. I don't think it's an amazing thing. I just think it's a change of of ideology. And that's, you know, that it is what it is. And so it's something that we can look to in, in looking at free agency, and looking at the draft, and looking at the future of this team. How are they going to construct it? They want playmakers. All right? So when there's two guys available, whether it's in the draft or the free agency, and one is a little bit better than the other, like currently, for example, I think a perfect example, the Ravens were taking number one overall. Aiden Hutchinson, I think, is the best pass rusher right now in the draft. But Thibodeau has the potential. He's crazy flashy, crazy athletic. His jump is unbelievable. They would go with Thibodeau because they see how great he can be. And that athleticism, that flashiness that he brings is what they are looking for. Look at the Ravens last year in the draft. They're sitting there with the Chiefs pick. They got some good pass rushers available. They got Aziz Ojolari. They got Joe Tryon. And they got Adafi Owe, the rawest, by far the rawest of the group. Where did they go? Did they go with Aziz Ojolari, who was thought to be one of the best pass rushers currently in the draft? Or did they go with Joe Tryon, the guy who sat out and but was phenomenal at the University of Washington? They go with the guy with a little bit of with little experience compared to the rest because he has the potential and he's a big playmaker. They go with the big playmaker, Adolfe Owe, and that is the start of the Ravens' new dynasty. That is why Ozzie Newsom went out and drafted Lamar Jackson because he said, When I leave, the culture here is going to need to change. And not because the culture was bad, but because he saw that. If you want to win in the NFL, he saw the future of the NFL and he said, hey, it's going in a different direction. We need to change that philosophy. I'm going to make that decision so that Eric DaCosta does not have to come in and just make drastic changes. Because if he did, there may have been a lot of Ravens fans that were like, what are you doing? You're getting rid of all these guys. But since Ozzy made that first move, Ozzy's the one that started this transition. And I think the transition, we're finally getting to see it fully come through 
um, this year and in the next couple of seasons. But let me know what you guys think. Thank you, everybody, for watching. Subscribe for Daily Ravens content, and I'll see all of you again tomorrow.